From Press Communications, LLC, this is Jersey Shore Matters with Diane de Oliveira. A freehold family that lost their 25-year-old daughter to domestic violence in 2019 at the hands of her ex-boyfriend continues to keep Stephanie Nicole Pars's memory alive through a foundation in her name created to prevent and help other families coping with similar situations. Joining me today is Stephanie's father, Ed Pars, to talk about the amazing things the foundation has been doing in just a few short years. Uh, first of all, Ed, I just wanted to say... Uh, I'm so sorry for the loss of Stephanie, and I I want to thank you for sharing your story and creating the foundation to help spread awareness and educate the public about domestic violence and sexual abuse. Um, First, I want you to start by telling us about Stephanie. What was she like? Stephanie was uh, our little firecracker, is what we used to call her. Um, She's always uh, full of life, always happy-go-lucky. She was a fantastic artist. Um, you know, she loved children. She, she just loved life. She was the kind of person that would, uh, you know, do anything for you. If you needed help, she'd be there for you right away. But she never asked for anything back. So she had that uh, walk into a room and light it up kind of atmosphere around her every time she came in. So she was, you know, she was something to be seen when she walked into a room. <laughs> that's that's nice to hear. I know this this is difficult to have to be able to tell your story over and over or do interviews, but you know your resilience is is amazing. And what you have been able to do in, in such a short time, I know that the foundation is donating a live search and cadaver canine to the state police, the missing persons unit, on December fourth. Can you talk about that and how you were able to make this? happen? Well, as you know, I mean, we had so many agencies that were involved in Stephanie's search uh, for the uh, three months that we were searching for her. Um, One of the big pieces of that was the state police and uh, the other uh, local authorities. And one of the things we found out as we were searching for Stephanie and, you know, the resources that we needed were unbelievable. We had everything out there from, you know, people to search dogs to horseback riders to drones, helicopters, dive teams. Every, there was so much stuff that was involved. And some of these things are very difficult to come by. And it slowed down the process. Uh, we don't know, you know if, if it would have made a difference at the time, but we do know now that it does. In, in, this, in this state of New Jersey, we're actually in this country. You know, 600,000 people a year go missing. Uh, that's one every 11 minutes. And currently in New Jersey, there's about 298 people that are missing right now. Um, and for the families of those missing victims, it is agony to sit there and wait and try to find things and try to find out things. And in our case with Stephanie, what really pushed this promotion was because when they found Stephanie, it took 22 hours for them to identify Stephanie. Uh, Now, they may have done it sooner, but we didn't get notified for 22 hours later. Uh, And that was partially because they had to wait for dental records or whatever else they were waiting for. By donating and by collaborating with the state police, we felt that the main thing was locating these people faster and with a search and rescue type of dog that can outman any search person by 50 times easy um, and make it faster. And they can also sniff underwater. They can sniff out cadaver. Um, and once they locate the person, we felt that we need a piece of equipment. And the state police came up with a piece of equipment that they could use to identify a body right on the scene. Um, and that was the you know, forensic x-ray machine, so we're going to donate that as well. Uh, both of these tools are just to make it faster and bring closure to the families 
very you know a lot sooner uh, than they, they would have to wait. And uh, believe me, coming from that other side, it makes a major difference in the family and uh, you know, how they react and how um, you know how they can close that that chapter and try to move on with their lives. You are naming the canine dog uh, after Stephanie. Tell us about the dog's name. No, they wanted something. Uh, we had to use something that is unique because the dog has to listen to commands, and we don't really want the, a, a normal name. And we had come up with different names, like Angel, of course, for Steph's Angels, and you know stuff like that. But then we said, uh, "How about Spars? S Pars for Stephanie?" And the handler loved it. The training team loved it. All our members, you know, were attached to it right away, and that's how it came along. So uh, that's going to be her, his name. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. As far as the dogs that are currently used by the state police, how many of these type of dogs do they currently have? Well, each dog has different disciplines. The state police has um, several different canines, but they, like I said, they do different uh, things uh, from you know drug searches to bomb sniffing to cadaver to search and rescue. Um, they currently, as far as I know, right now, I think they have two. Uh, search and rescue uh, dogs. Um, this will be added to that uh, group, uh, the special operations group, um, and they will be able to assist not only the state police missing persons unit, the forensics team there, and also they'll be used throughout the state. And also, if they ha- ever have to go to somewhere to help out different different areas, um, so it's not going to be just exclusive uh, to us. We want it to be able to go anywhere where it's needed. So. Uh, he's going to get a lot of work. Well, I mean, it's incredible. You mentioned that there's almost 300 people currently missing in New Jersey. Uh, and, you know, hopefully uh, having a canine dog like this will will help families uh, in some way. You also yeah. mentioned about the portable dental x-ray machine. You do a lot of fundraisers throughout the year. Uh, did those fundraisers help you to be able to get these things to be able to donate to the police? Yeah, all, all of the money that comes into the foundation goes directly back to assisting the families and the agents that are helping the families get you know get things these things done uh, whether it's domestic violence or sexual abuse help uh, for victims and survivors or for the families that need support through these ordeals I mean missing person ordeals are very very tough because you never know I mean usually the average person is found within 90 days uh, Stephanie's case was 87 days um, but there are people who go much longer and some are not found at all so Anything we can do to try and uh, assist those families in that and assist these agencies in doing that, um, we're, we're on board with that. And yes, the money goes directly towards that, and we will continue to put whatever we can to getting this kind of equipment for whatever we need to do. Ed, the Stephanie Nicole Pars Foundation offers intervention and support for families or individuals dealing with domestic violence, sexual abuse, and missing loved ones as well. If someone is in an abusive situation, I know it's it's not always easy to seek help because you might be afraid of the person or maybe you don't even realize you're in an abusive situation. Are you finding it um, that by starting this foundation... And people hearing your story of your daughter, Stephanie, is that making them more willing to come forward to seek help or even individuals who are maybe saying, maybe I am in an abusive situation and and need somebody else's help? Are you finding more people are are searching your or seeking out your organization? Absolutely. I mean, one of the main reasons why we started this foundation is because we had a 
young lady who is now one of our members, actually our secretary, um, who said to us that Stephanie saved her life. Um, and we were, you know, a little bewildered by that, but it, it's true. And we, we tell Stephanie's story in the high schools and the colleges. We do presentations all the time. And every time we do these presentations, somebody will come up or we'll get letters saying that, you know, by hearing Stephanie's story, I was able to get myself enough courage to pull out of the situation that I'm in. And that feeds us. So once we hear that, you know, we try to come up with different programs to help those people do that, you know, break free. They have to take that step. The average person takes about seven times before they can actually leave their abuser. And that's because of the manipulation and the coercion that's going on throughout the relationship. Um, But, we hear it all the time, and we're going to keep fighting it until we can get it through as many people as we can. Seven times before someone uh, leaves their abuser. It's so important that, sh- that you're going to high schools and, and sharing this information, because especially younger people might not recognize, you know, th- that might be the first relationship they're in or the first time they're having a boyfriend or girlfriend and might not even recognize that what they're in is abusive or uh, not a healthy situation. So it is incredible, like you said, to be able to just help one person or every time you go somewhere, if you know you're reaching somebody or or making a difference, uh, I'm sure that that helps you cope with everything that you've had to go through. Absolutely. It's it's gratifying to us. We know we keep Stephanie's uh, legacy alive that way and uh, her name out there. And, you know, if we help just one person, we know we've done the right thing and we've done the job and somebody else is uh, not going to go through this situation that uh, Stephanie had gone through. Ed, you have a few other things that the foundation offers. Uh, you have the Angel Alert program, a care bag program, also a safe watch program, Stephanie's overwatch system. Can you go through just uh, what each of those programs do and, and how they're helping? Absolutely. Um, the Angel Alert program is a fantastic program. It's a um, small device that we give to uh, victims that uh, are in fear for their life and they, or they think they're being stalked. That's a device that they can carry around with them. It tracks them anywhere in the United States, up to 30 feet away. Uh, lets them talk to a one-on-one with a dispatcher for emergency services. They can put contact people in there just by pressing a button. So it's something to have a peace of mind with them at all times that somebody's there to help them right away. Um, we also have our care bag program, which is our program for our safe house uh, tenants that come into the new safe houses uh, throughout the state. Uh, it gives them a bag of essentials like shampoos and you know toothpaste and stuff like that that they don't have because when they leave somebody in an emergency situation, they leave with the shirts on their backs and they they grab their whatever they can and go. And they usually need that kick to get them started again. So those bags help them, and we give out. Uh, so far, we're doing three different counties right now. Uh, we're going to keep take adding a county on each year to until we cover the entire state. Uh, we also have our Overwatch program, uh, which we help people if they need to go to court hearings or go to meetings and stuff like that. Child custody changes. We send somebody with them just so they have a companion there and they, they don't feel alone. They feel a little more safer. Uh, we do that. Uh, we have our TAP classes, which is our self-defense and protection classes. Uh, which actually teaches you how to avoid and evade uh, in an emergency situation. Um, we do those uh, every third Wednesday of every month. Um, we have our peer-led uh, support groups, our COPE program. Uh, it's called the Circle of Angels, uh, which anyone can come to and sit and talk with people who have been through the same situations that they're going through, uh, and it helps them unwind a little bit and 
starts putting them back on track where they can build up their self-esteem again and uh, get some ideas on how to help each other. And that's starting to work out great. We do those three times uh, every week. And is there anything the foundation doesn't do? I mean, you've you've really covered so much. I know the foundation was set up to try to bridge the gap in services or things that people might need, but you do so much. Yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> I've been told that uh, we go a little a little crazy, but um, you know, I, I don't look at it that way. Um, it's hard to do it with all volunteers because you need the manpower to do a lot of these things, and you know, everybody's lives are crazy right now with all kinds of things. So to get enough people to do this so we're always looking for members and we have two classes of members you could be a regular member or an approved volunteer for us uh, just by going through our website and um the more help the better but any program we can do that like i said helps one person it's worth putting together the program and trying it at least and uh we keep doing that and the program seems to be working so we're going to continue to add on and uh eventually uh down the road we're coming out with some uh Hopefully, if the legislation passes, we'll come out with Stephanie's Law by the uh, middle of next year, hopefully, and uh, that'll be a big difference, too. So, And what exactly will Stephanie's Law do? Stephanie's Law is going to be a, just like you have your predator list uh, for your pedophiles and so forth, uh, now you'll be able to, as a layperson, just go on your regular computer and look up somebody that has a domestic violence restraining order or TRO in place. Um It'll identify the, those people that have been convicted of battery and domestic violence, um, and that will make a difference. I mean, in Stephanie's case, we went to the police department. She had no idea uh, that this person had a past, and, um, of course, we didn't either. But this would have she would have been able to look this person up, and if it came up, if he was registered as a, an offender, it would have came up, and that would have probably made a difference in her breaking away sooner than she did. Um, so it may be a big difference. There's a couple other pieces to it too. Some of it's uh, educational for the for the schools, and another part another part of it is the um, danger assessment for the police officers when they go to a scene. They can they'll be doing a report to actually see how uh, much in danger the person might be, and they might be able to intervene better that way. You would you think know? that with how common, unfortunately, domestic violence incidents are, that there would have been something sooner like this in as a law. Yeah, well, it's, it's the, the law, and yeah, there the laws are definitely out there, but they're not nothing in this this case to, to make it specific. Um, unfortunately, the system is kind of broken, and we do have to get together with all our uh, government officials and our politicians and all our advocacies that are out there throughout the states and the national advocacies to get together to push these laws through. Otherwise, things are not going to change, and the, you know the money is, has to be there. What steps does it have to go through? Uh, where is it in the process of becoming an actual law? The legislation just came back into session uh, now after the election. So it, uh, the bills have been written. Um, so now it's going to be turned into the uh, legislative branch to, for review. And, uh, you know, we have a couple Senator Gopal is one of the people that's pushing it, along with uh, three or four other senators. It's got to get the bipartisan backing on it. And, um, then they'll be able to take it, uh, take it from there, and hopefully it'll go through. And one day I might have to testify, you know, in front of the congressional order there to see if uh, we can get a test. But that's what it takes. 
that's what we'll do. Ed, we are almost out of time. Is there anything we left out? And of course, before we go, I'll have you give out the website and any other information where people can either find out how to volunteer or make a donation. Don't, uh, everything uh, right now, we have a couple of things coming up. Um, we have our Santa uh, drive, stop and drop. That'll be in front of uh, uh, 14 State Route 33, the 15th, 16th and 17th of uh, December. Um, that's our big Christmas display we have out there. And we have uh, the Santa Claus and the Grinch, and we collect unopened toys for the kids in the safe houses, as well as donations for the foundation. Um, so that will be going on next. And then we have a couple of big events coming out for Stephanie's birthday, which will be her uh, 30th birthday in February. Uh, we should have a uh, bling bingo coming out and a uh, big bowling bash for her, just two of the things that she liked. Very nice. I like that bling bingo. Ed, for people who would like to make a donation or learn more about the Stephanie Nicole Pars Foundation, what can they do? Uh, you can visit our website at uh, www.snpfoundation.org. All the information about all the events, all our services, uh, look uh, study materials, anything you need on there uh, is right on the website. Uh, the donation button, you can donate three different ways. Make a general donation. You can become a soaring angel for a $1,000 donation or more, or you can be a subscription angel, which is uh, part of our subscription program where people donate every month and uh, they help us out that way. Uh, but everything, all the information about the foundation is on that website. Ed Pars, president of the Stephanie Nicole Pars Foundation, thank you so much for everything that you're doing. We appreciate you having us on, Diane. I appreciate that a lot. You can hear Jersey Shore Matters with Diane D'Oliveira every Sunday morning on Press Communications, LLC.